Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. Hey, Flyer fans, uh, good Saturday evening to you. Well, it's now Saturday night to you, but uh, it is, of course, uh, not part the party booth, unfortunately, on this uh, Saturday night. I wish it was, but... Uh, Talk about a flyer lost Dayton losing tonight to number eight Auburn, eighty-two to seventy-two. I'm John Tisdell. Uh, John Bedell on assignment tonight. He is anchoring News Center Seven at eleven. Michael Purvis sitting in for me, a man who is never nervous. By the way, that's what they Got, tell me. Yes, that's. What, <laughs> Nick Dane goes back to you all the way in uh, college. By the way, and by the way, this high promo- school. Yeah, high school. School, high school? Oh yeah, it's been, oh, wow. it's been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Follows right. me wherever I go. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Same with my nickname, by the way. <laughs> goes back to junior high, but that's another story. All right. Anyhow, uh, Flyers do lose eighty-two. To 72. I uh, want to hear from you, 457 1290. You can tweet me at John Tesno or at Michael Purvis. Hey, go ahead all- and do the hashtag flyer feedback, too. I'll Absolutely. keep an eye on that as well. Absolutely. Tonight. We'll keep an eye on that. We want to hear from you tonight. Uh, Dayton Falls 82 to 72 to number eight Auburn. They got finals and they're going to get ready to play Tulsa coming up uh, not next Saturday, but next Sunday afternoon. So mm-hmm. they got a week off. Um, before we get to this, got to get this out there. Uh, I got to go ahead and make sure I got this the right thing up there. Yeah, I do. All right, so Auburn, of course, gets the wrong graphic. So I think we're going to give Auburn this kind of grade. Oh, that was terrible. I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Get the graphic right. Come on. You're the SEC. Get it right. Well, I will say this, though, is, is uh, I know uh, Dave Jablonski just tweeted a few moments ago. It was we, as everyone <laughs> who was likely watching the SEC Network saw, yeah. they put up five players who I don't know. They must have been on UNC Asheville. I don't know who these five players are. Yeah, but yeah, the, the starting lineup be. was wrong. Anyways, uh, Dave just tweeted. He said, I showed this to a couple of flyers. A good laugh after a tough night. So at least the team <laughs> took it with good stride and everything like that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. once again, we can all laugh about it now. It's funny. You can I mean, listen. I mean, I mean, we obviously we're you're disappointed with the loss. I mean, you know, we've been reading some tweets. We appreciate it. Uh, by the way, we do want to mention. By the way, there are, of course, don't tweet recruits. Just don't tweet recruits. Uh, hashtag the more you know. Uh, Adam, uh, our good friend Adam, by the way, uh, Go Flyers, Go America. A couple good tweets, I thought, by the way. Thought Jordan Davis took a big step to hopefully come through the other side of his sophomore slump. Uh, hit a couple of big trades. Did say depth could be an issue, but this team has the talent to fight to be a top two, three, A-10 squad. Grant and the staff had to find a way to uh, stem opponent runs. Way too many extended runs allowed. And go, and has this I, I noted this one also goes without saying that you should never call timeout when you're on an 8-0 run and have the opponent reeling why didn't they sprint to inbound the ball and run a quick hit set never understand having said that though Dayton had gone scoreless in their last two possessions and I get what Adam is saying but Dayton had gone scoreless and yeah you had the 10 second violation also that was called on Auburn we alluded to this during the Bud Light pregame show but I think he, but I think maybe he was sensing something that we didn't sense I have no idea. We're not out there, uh, but maybe something to point out. Maybe you don't take the time out, but yeah, that's usually the unwritten rule during a run. You don't want to take that and slow it down. And it did give, but I will also say, it gave uh, Auburn a chance to reset their defense with that one-three-one zone. Mm-hmm. And there, in that Auburn zone defense, I thought gave the Flyers some issues tonight. And Dayton's handled the zone at well at to- well, I think. At I, I've actually it, that's one of the things that I, I was surprised with throughout this season is that it, typically, it, you, at one time, it used to just be, how do you want to beat Dayton? Well. 
throw up a, a two three zone and just pass around the perimeter. Uh, yeah, and just let them pass around the perimeter. Somebody mm-hmm. gets the ball in the corner, throws up a shot, or I mean, even back to the days of Chris Wright, he would just you know kind of try to ISO and go right to the free throw line, put up a fadeaway jumper, and that that was the only way you got it. I right. mean, like the, that that was that was Dayton's way of beating the zone back in the day. N- now they're much more active, and I mean, even though tonight. I'll agree with you. I do believe that they struggled when Auburn threw it up. I think they, they I mean, they just struggled against Auburn's defense all, all night. Yeah. And I mean, and you give Auburn credit. And I mean, that is what it is. I mean, you know, they still put up 72 points. So, I mean, you really can't be all that upset no, about you it. Can't. But that being said, they've looked so, so competent against the zone. I mean, they've actually looked, they've, they've looked, they've looked very well. And of course, they couldn't do what they did against Detroit Mercy, which no. the simple, <laughs> The simple way of just, hey, pass the ball over the top of the zone, get it to Obi. Obi will either dunk it or he's going to do a nice little touch pass to Josh Cunningham who's cutting in for a layup. I mean, that was such a clinical breakdown of a a zone defense on Tuesday. Uh, Totally different story today when you have such an active defense and, of course, two guards uh, who can just do everything, which was that they were the ones – who is giving? Who were giving Dayton fits all, all night tonight? Uh, Brown and Harper, right? Man, oh man, they are the real deal. They are. They I, are. I had a, uh, a good friend of mine. Um, you know, my my roommate senior year, uh, Jim Womble, who is uh, uh, works for ESPN down in Louisville, yeah. and uh, he was out at the uh, out in Maui this year because mm-hmm. um, uh, his dad went to his dad went to Duke, and he never yeah. he never makes he makes sure to never let <laughs> make sure we all know about it at all times. Yeah. But the one thing that Jim took away from that Maui tournament was how fast Harper was. Oh yeah, and man, he is as advertised. He is a heck of a player, and, and I was very—I I mean, I was impressed by by this Auburn team, and I was also probably even more impressed by how Dayton fought back from all the different times that they were behind or down. They—they they just found different ways of making things happen. But they're neat. They—they can't let. They got to find ways to not give up those runs. That's got to be the night. Na- well, and again, but a couple things that Grant did, uh, he switches to zones a little bit more periodically. You know, he did that in the Oklahoma game. That helped Dayton get back in the game when they were struggling in that and did that tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought that helped it propel Dayton, give them a chance to get back in the game in the first half. I thought Auburn took the air out a little bit after they got the, after they got the lead a little bit. Auburn may have let up just a little bit, gave the Flyers some room. You don't want to do that because that crept a little bit. There were times you heard the Auburn crowd tonight, and it was a good atmosphere. I was very surprised by that. I was really surprised because sometimes you go to these SEC arenas, Mike, it is not good, with the exception of Rupp Arena, with the exception of Vanderbilt. If it ain't football, it don't matter. And and wherever Bruce Pearl has won, I may not be a fan of how Bruce Pearl does things, but he's won wherever he's been, whether whether he's been in the Horizon League or been at Tennessee, Mm -hmm. he has been successful. and you know, and this is something else too. Just to, to touch on this is that I really, you know, you mentioned how you know when Auburn, you know, kind of took the ball, to, took the air out of the ball and everything. I, I Auburn had this one as I also wrote down some other quotes that, uh, um, and I mean, there's always coach speak that every coach has, and and I'm sure that Bruce Pearl isn't isn't one who you know he always does that himself. Yeah. But he even called this one a tough game, a part of the toughest. Two week stretch. Yeah, that's what he said. That Auburn's that going too. to have this season, starting off with this game. They got UAB next. That won't be easy. Then no. NC State. Yeah, they got some tough ones. And coming And then up I too. believe they have uh, Murray State after that as mm-hmm. well. So I mean, they they had four games that you know. Granted, you, you look at the the two NC State and Dayton, probably the two of the 
of the marquee ones that they have, you know, and, and I mean, Murray State's a great, dang good yeah. team as well. But however, you know, Auburn handled it. Dayton also had a good showing as well. That's what we learned from this one. Yeah, we did. We will pick up on this when we come back. Taking this all the way to 1130 tonight. Flyer feedback. We'll continue on the other side of the news at the top of the hour, all right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. Changing of the guard at the White House once again. I'm Del Walters, Fox News. Chief of Staff John Kelly will be leaving at the end of the year. The president making that announcement earlier today. John Kelly will be leaving. I don't know if I can say retiring, but he's a great guy. Uh, John Kelly will be leaving uh, at the end of the year. We'll be announcing who will be taking John's place. It might be on an interim basis. I'll be announcing that over the next day or two. But John will be leaving at the end of the year. He's been with me almost two years now, as you know, between the two positions. The president also talking about the Russia probe before leaving for the annual Army-Navy game. On the Mueller situation, we're very happy with what we are reading because uh, there was no collusion whatsoever. Uh, there never has been. The last thing I want is help from Russia on a campaign. Democrats maintain Friday's court filing show the president ordered his aide, Michael Cohen, to commit a felony. Not exactly no collusion, but former FBI Director James Comey saying there was no Clinton conspiracy either. There's been a lot of criticism directed at former FBI agent Peter Strzok, uh, his text messages and whether or not he had anti-Trump bias. Comey told House members that it was Strzok who helped him craft the October 28, 2016 memo about Hillary Clinton. Clinton campaign blames that memo as to why they lost the election. So Comey says it's hard to believe that Strzok was in league with Hillary Clinton. And that's Fox's Chad Pergram, Comey returning to the Hill later this month. The Southeast bracing for yet another winter storm. Snow and ice will make roads treacherous. Plan to stay off the road when the rain or snow starts, even if conditions are okay where you are, they might not be where you're going. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, this is Fox News. Maytag and Logan Master Appliance will help you stand up to messes with a Maytag brand kitchen suite that's engineered to resist fingerprints. So stainless steel keeps looking stainless. The easy to clean fingerprint resistant stainless steel finish keeps your kitchen looking as good on the outside as it works on the inside. See store for full details and qualified models. Logan Master Appliance. When service matters, call the masters. Hear ye, hear ye. I bringeth thee a message from... <clears throat> a message from the king and his new trumpeteer, Stephen. The king wishes me to convey his favor to thine team and thine tailgate. Not yet. He invites thee to let the bot light flow forth. And he also wishes me to tell thee that he toasts thee. Waiteth until the end, Stephen. With Game Day's favorite light logger and the slogan of his kingdom... Oh. Dilly dilly. 
Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com sportsmed. Premier Health taking care to a higher level. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Looking forward to an amazing trip this summer. YMT Vacation's 10-day tour of Greece and her islands. On June 19th, we fly to Athens where we visit the Parthenon and the Acropolis with lots of time to take in the wonderful food, music, and culture. Then it's on to the islands of Mykonos and Santorini with the natural beauty and gorgeous beaches. Now, space is filling up, but there's still time for you to reserve your spot. A Christmas gift to each other, celebrate a retirement, or just treat yourself to a trip of a lifetime. Price for this fully guided tour, which includes the tour, hotels, breakfast, some dinners, airfare, taxes, and fees, is $33.29 after a $250 per person savings by booking now. So call YMT Vacations at 800-716-1757. That's 800-716-1757. Don't miss out on a chance to celebrate with your fellow WHIO listeners, and I look forward to seeing you this summer in Greece. We're going to continue to stay pretty dry and quiet across the Miami Valley for tonight. We're going to see cloudy skies with colder temperatures. Lows are going to be dipping down around 21 degrees. Waking up and getting your day started on Sunday, it's going to be a very chilly one, so be sure to bundle up if you are walking out the door. Windchilled values are going to feel like the upper teens and in some places single digits. For Sunday night, mostly clear skies with temperatures falling to near 21 degrees. I'm meteorologist Molly Coates on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHI. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans. Uh, continuing on this edition of Flyer Feedback here on the home of the Flyers, AM 1290, News 95.7 WHIO. Fortunately, not talking about Flyer wins, so it is a group therapy session, a late-night edition <laughs> of uh, Flyer Feedback tonight. Uh, John Tisdale along with Michael Purvis. Purvis sitting in tonight for John Bedell. John Bedell on assignment, anchoring News Center 7 at 11. Of course, flying the plane with us uh, and the other side in the studio tonight, our good friend Javon Pippins. Javon doing a good job. He's been on the board the entire way tonight, doing a solid job like he always does oh, yeah. under the guise of one Ben Morgan. So, guys, as always, solid well done, job fellas. as always. Well done, as always. 457-1290 as we're taking this over. The way to 11:30 tonight. All right, we're looking at the net rankings right now, and mm-hmm. this is like the new way that the NCAA committee is going to be trying to figure this out. Believe you me, f- folks, we're trying to figure this out too. Uh, yeah. All right. So Dayton, I think what I thought was 64 coming in. They're at 65, probably given the rankings because they haven't included tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dayton is likely going to fall in this one. Uh, five and they're five and four, zero oh and one because this was Dayton's first true road game. Uh, they will play, I think. The but the true road game actually does help them in their favor a little bit, I believe, if I yeah. understand correctly. But like I said, this is gonna be something. This, like you just mentioned, it's gonna be something we're gonna try to figure out throughout yeah. the year. But go ahead. Yeah, but 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 anyway, so Dayton's gonna fall to. They were sixty-five. They were below Georgetown, uh, and, and I have no idea what Georgetown did. Don't really care what Georgetown did. I know they played <laughs> Syracuse, but uh, anyway, um, what they're one and two in neutral, four and one against the home games, and then this is their first road loss. And we're looking, we're looking at kind of the top ten right now. Virginia's number one. Auburn was ranked number nine going into tonight's game, and uh, Oklahoma is ranked in the top twenty at sixteen. 
And um, we're scrolling this down. We're doing this as we're doing this in and while we're talking, Mississippi State ranked 34, so that's the worst of Dayton's losses. So if you if you were tell me that Dayton's going to have three of their losses are to top 20 teams in the net rankings, that is not awful. We talked about the tough schedule. Larry Hanskin, as, uh, Brooks Hall made this point at the end of the ball game. This is something that can prepare the Flyers for conference play. Mm-hmm. And given the way that the A-10 is, I know that uh, Davidson's loaded. No, St. Louis is going to be good. Never can count out VCU, the Richmond Rams, but uh, <laughs> but no, but the A10 is ripe. Mm-hmm. It is it is wide open for anyone to get because no one's going to go 15 and one or 17 and one. It's likely going to be 13 and five and 12 and six. It's probably going to be. There's going to be a group at the top. That's yeah. what it is. Oh, there's yeah. there's going to be a, there's going to be a group. Uh, it's going to be who separates themselves throughout the throughout the season. And I don't think that we can even say right now we know what's going to happen. I feel like this is every. Dayton basketball season too yeah. is that it's it's always like okay well so they'll play their first couple games and it's like well we're really going to know how they play in that first game in their non-exempt tournament yeah. and then it's like after that one then it's like well once they play such and such team which this year we're like well if we see how let's see how they do against Mississippi State we know where they'll stand and then now it's like okay well let's see where they stand when we get to a ten play it seems like that's the that's the way yeah. we view this Dayton team every year mm-hmm. and because it's it, there's always so many different question marks throughout the season and it's 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 never changed no matter which coach has been in charge or which regime or anything like that or or who's in the top of the a10 whether it is Dayton expected to be uh, towards the top or not every year it's always the same same thing it's like yeah. we, they need to hit certain certain, certain benchmarks yeah certain benchmarks at yeah. certain times in the calendar mm-hmm. and that's when we find out well what does this team actually have and then by the end of the season we still might not even know anyways yeah. so that, that's true and, and it's like this every year, but, but when I look at the Atlantic 10, I want to get back to this. The A-10 is about as bad as we've seen it. I, I go back to a couple of years, really, when it was bad, 2003, to, uh, 2004, 2005. That was Brian Gregory's second year. Then his third year was 2006, 2007. Um, 2004, 2005, they got one team in. That was George Washington, mm-hmm. uh, that team that had Pop Spencer-Bonsu. There's a name from the past Fire fans. And then you had 2006-2007, GW, number one seed, when the A-10 tournament was in Cincinnati. They got knocked out, and then Xavier, of course, won that. They were the only school in the A-10. And it was just, that is, how, to me, how bad the A-10 was, at least back then. This is right up there where it could be even worse because we talked about, Mike, the bottom of the league being as bad as it is. Well, GW only with two wins, LaSalle. Donut, a goose egg, mm-hmm. nada, zilch. I, I could go on, but just the landmines as Dayton gets ready for conference play, and they still got work to do in non-conference play because they got Tulsa coming up after finals. You got Western Michigan, Presbyterian, then Georgia Southern. And Georgia then Southern's get- gonna could be a tough one. They always play anybody. To, they, they actually, I enjoyed that game last year. When uh, was it Georgia? No, I'm sorry. No, that was Georgia. Uh, it was different. Never mind. I forget Georgia, that. I think it was Georgia State. With, yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, no, I got I got them confused there. Yeah, yeah, but Georgia Southern could be an interesting one as well. Yeah, let's get to that. Let's look at Tulsa and Tulsa beat Kansas State today. So in Tulsa, and they're coached by former Missouri coach and uh, Miami coach, if I'm not mistaken, Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Hayes. So he's uh, he's coaching uh, Tulsa right now, and uh, they won tonight. Uh, they 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 beat Tulsa uh, Kansas State earlier today. I uh, got to pull this up at the uh, 47-46. So this just seems to me, and by the way, the fans even stormed the court in Tulsa. So that's a good win for Tulsa against yeah. a K State team. Uh, you got to imagine Bruce Weber just was not happy about that. But anyway, but that just 
Dayton's just to me, and of course, Brooks Hall, you don't want to say that because that was the last his last game against Tulsa in 2002-2003 where Dayton had to go all the way to Spokane, Washington. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, so, but, but no, they got to get ready for that because that is just it, 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 it. Tulsa just always seems to just be a thorn in a lot of people's sides. It goes back to 1994 when uh, Tubby Smith was the head coach. So yep. that, that one's just going to be – that just seems to be a tough one. But Tulsa has – Won all their games at well, home. They have not won a road game yet. Well, so. see, and here's the thing: is that is that Tulsa they got, they had to play uh, uh, Nevada earlier this year, mm-hmm. and who is a very good team. Oh, they're as well. good. And they're it was it, it's it's funny because it's it's interesting how their run last year really kind of propelled them into being like, hey, this is a pretty solid team. And and anyway, so they they had a good showing against them, uh, lost by ten on the or uh, I believe that was uh, it looks like it was at home. Um, but then they've also played, they've had Utah as well, and they've had back-to-back wins over Big 12 schools. I mean, and of course, a lot of people argue throughout the year the Big 12 might be the best top-to-bottom basketball They're conference. Good. At least really they, good. I would argue and they Kansas were ne- last ne- year. Kansas nearly lost tonight to Mex- New Mexico State. I, yeah. heard, I heard Dan Dockage talk about how good they've been this year. Yeah, and I, it's one of the things is that you got you have to look at this, is that Tulsa will be coming in with a head of momentum no, ma- no matter oh, what's yeah. going to happen. They're coming with a lot of steam. And they're obviously a team that is also as advertised as well. They're they're a dang good squad as well. And not to mention that that Kansas State team. I didn't realize that Kansas State was ranked as well. They're, I didn't either. Yeah. So Kansas State, 16th in the country, one point win tonight for Tulsa, 47-46. So even more. Not not only is the game next week next weekend going to be big for Dayton just to get back on track. This is one where it's definitely you can kind of you don't want to say a signature win or anything like that because I don't think they use those terminologies, and once again, we're in December. No, I'm but that's one where that you either. could look back down the road and or look back, you know, especially come February and everything, if this team is in that conversation to possibly get their name called on Selection Sunday, you know, one way or another. Right. They could look back at that Tulsa game and go, hey, that, that was a heck of a win considering what they did in their non-conference schedule. The Americans a little bit better this year as well. So oh, yeah. It's, we know UC a, is good. Houston is good. Yeah, so there's a possibility that, this, that if a win against Tulsa next weekend – could be monumental for this team. Absolutely, Western Michigan looking ahead. They're five and four in uh, to start the year. As we're looking ahead of the non-conference opponents, uh, then we'll look ahead. Presbyterian uh, four and five. That that likely is going to be a win. So those thinking likely two wins because those two games will be at home. Then after Christmas on the 29th, Georgia Southern six and two. Uh, not really seeing many uh, uh, big wins. They they lost badly at Arizona. So we'll see what happens. And then you get to the A10. But you really would like to see. The Tulsa, they'll say, "Will this be the game that you determine what the Flyers are going to do?" No, because you got. I'm sorry. There's the old sports adage, folks, where you got to take it one game at a time. <laughs> and look, this is still a young Flyer team. They are still learning. They they play good. They play good. They play in peaks and valleys. Look, there were times where the Flyers played well tonight. We could go through the stats tonight of of what Dayton did. Because again, we'll repeat this. They lose tonight. Yes, eighty two. 272. Give us a call. 457-1290. You can tweet us at John Tisdale at Michael Purvis. Uh, they made threes. 11-23 from three-point range. They shot 48% from the floor. You tell me Dayton's going to do those things and out-rebound Auburn tonight, Mike? I'm going to say... In their barn, too. In in Auburn. And the place was... It was electric tonight. It was a good atmosphere tonight. I, I, if you would have told me before, before the game, Auburn's going to have a nice atmosphere, I would have said, no way. <laughs> Trust me. The SEC in college basketball, with the exception of Kentucky, exception of Florida... Usually those schools are not that great. I'll put Arkansas up there too. Arkansas is usually pretty good, but SEC, no. But Auburn, to their credit, they they came up and they they were pretty they were pretty active tonight. But 
the turnovers again, just the difference in this mm-hmm. ball game, and just Jalen. You know, we talk about Jalen Crutcher, um, who, who can play, but he he struggled tonight. You know, seven turnovers tonight, and you got to get well, better play from the point guard tonight. Yeah, yeah, that is true, and, and I, I. But one of the things to not, not to sit here and defend Crutcher at, right. at all in any way, shape, or form. And it was a tough defense tonight. Anybody we, we who's anybody who's going to get the assignment of having to deal with Harper and Brown consistently throughout the night yeah they're, they're going to turn you over I, I put this out on Twitter about uh halfway through the second half is that you know there, there are two things that we that we knew going into this game already is that Dayton will turn the ball over yeah and Auburn forces turnovers yeah so we knew that this was going to happen it, it's just that still Dayton found a way in my opinion particularly in the first half to be careless with the ball at crucial times and I think as you mentioned as well the last what four minute stretch there that that was the point I thought that really that yeah. that hurt them from I'm not gonna say cost them the game because look I mean the margin of error when you face a top ten team like your margin of error is slim mm-hmm. and the margin of error was slim tonight but look you get outscored I think fourteen to three the last four minutes and Bryce Brown had twelve of those points and they were three and they I were was just about to say four straight threes um, yeah those uh, are killers to end to end the uh, the first half there. That right there was because it was actually at a moment where Dayton kind of got a little bit close. The next thing you know, you rattle off basically you know a, a miniature 12-0 run just by yourself. They over. cut it to 37-29 after a Jalen Crutcher three. So they did get it right back yeah. to about the single digits. But it just seems every time they got it to single digits, wham, Auburn came back, whether it be a three by Bryce Brown or a three by Dowdy or Harper. And that's one of those, and that's one of those things that, that this team has learned throughout the season that we've seen it. We've seen it in the Oklahoma game. We saw it in the Virginia game, and we've seen it particularly in, in this game tonight. That this team will take those punches, but they they always find a way to come back. It's just that they got to find ways of diverting some of those punches, yeah. to not make them be as long lasting, to not put them in a hole. Yeah, it's one of the things. And I mean, not to not to jump uh, jump sports here for a moment, but I've always said that uh, I'm a big Bengals fan. Bless me, please, for the love of God. <laughs> but one of the things that I always feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Bengals not only just once when they play them. But they beat them in the week after, and so on. So it's like they're always in their head. Right. The thing is, is that that's what the Flyers have to find a way to do. Is that when they give up those runs, and I think they've done a good job for this year of of not letting those runs be sustained. You know, they find a way to stop them, and then okay, let's go on one of our own. But however, if they're going to give up, if you know those 10-0 runs are going to happen from time to time. Yeah, you can't. But stop the thing them. is, is that we've seen this year those 10-0 runs have become 12, 13, and so on. They need to if, they, if it's going to you're going to give up a 10-0 run. You got to get. You got to find ways to get those easy buckets. You got to find a way to generate that turnover, whatever it is, to spin it back in your in your favor. And you got to do it quicker because it's not happening quick enough. I thought one of the areas that still Dayton still needs to do a better job of closing games and closing the halves. Because I thought in the Mississippi State game in particular, that a twenty nine nineteen lead, Mississippi State scores the last seven points of the first mm-hmm. half. Um, end of the game, we know what we knew what happened. This game, they get outscored fourteen to three. So for me. You know the old adage in football, and we're going to use that football adage: the good teams score with the last in, in the last two minutes of a half. Well, you know what? The good teams finish a half in basketball; they win the last four minutes of a half. To me, and to me, that's been something that the Flyers. That's to me the next step. They got to win that particular stretch. Am I going to say they would have won the game tonight? I'm not going to go ahead and say that because there's several other things that factor into a 40 minute basketball game. The turnovers are certainly one thing. Uh, but, I mean, just with the fact that Auburn is a number eight team in the country, yeah. and like I said before, Mike, I'll give you the last word in this segment, they're a team that's focusing not just on the NCAA tournament, but getting 
into the second weekend and maybe beyond. Yeah, that might be. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, but real quickly, I'll echo what Brooks said. Brooks said going into that under uh, to the under four timeout is that if Dayton can get it to within six points, right? At that, that point, it was a ten point game. If they can get it within six. There's a lot more momentum that is in their favor on that. And Dayton wasn't able to do that. And that ten point deficit remained throughout the rest of the game. And Dayton couldn't get it. I think they got it within eight at once. But that was about it. That right there would have been a moment where just a, 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 your go-to play, your bread and butter, layup to you know any one of your interior players. That's what that that's the kind of play you need to run there. And they got to find more ways of getting those at those key moments when it's like this is a time for us to get a couple of quick easy buckets yep. to start to chip away. That's the next step for this team. But uh, Dayton falls tonight by a score 82-72 to number eight Auburn. We're gonna have the home stretch of this this one. Day, uh, this edition of Flyer Feedback continues right here on the Home of Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members, of their families, or their children. Asking them to deploy, patrol, stay on watch, on point. Asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to bring them all the way home, to keep them secure, to have their backs for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs do whatever it takes to help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently, at no cost, for life, so that they might stand at ease. Find out how you can help at findwwp.org. People join Walk MS to raise awareness and funds that change the world for everyone affected by multiple sclerosis. MS attacks the brain and spinal cord. It's the most common neurological disease leading to disability in young adults. Walk MS brings communities together, creating teams with friends, loved ones, and coworkers to rally around those we care about and end MS forever. Join us. Together we are stronger. Walk MS fundraising accelerates research breakthroughs and life-changing breakthroughs. It will take all of our passion, determination, and fundraising to end MS forever. Together, we can change the world for people with MS. Join us. Register today. Start a team and raise funds at walkms.org. Everyone's financial needs are different. Tune in Saturdays at 3 as author David Gaylor discusses the plays for your game plan for retirement on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You told us that local breaking news is important to you. So listen for the top local stories every 15 minutes all day long. And when big news breaks, we break in immediately. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. We're going to continue to stay pretty dry and quiet across the Miami Valley for tonight. We're going to stay cloudy. Temperatures are going to get pretty chilly, though, right around 21 degrees. I'm meteorologist Molly Coates on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Flyer fans, the home stretch of this edition of Flyer Feedback here on the home of the Flyers, AM 1290, News 95.7 WHIO. John Tisdale, Michael Purvis here. In tonight for John Bedell, John on assignment, anchoring News Center 7 tonight at 11. Uh, just going to read this tweet real quick uh, from uh, at Stephen Wright, just seeing the Dayton score. Have no knowledge of how it occurred. Nonetheless, near and zero doubt this Dayton team will be top three in the A-10. Well, there we go. There you from go. somebody who who didn't have to suffer through the Dayton was down 20 <laughs> points at one time, you know, someone else who just cleanly saw the there final score. Or there you go. There you go. Well, uh, we were talking about this because we were looking uh, for quotes. Anthony Grant said something about this identity. So we went ahead and pulled this clip together. Uh, about It's about 20 seconds long. Uh, kind of went through this. This was probably the uh, next to last question that Larry had asked him. So this is kind of the last 20 seconds from uh, Coach Grant. The way that we've, we've, we've built our identity is a group of guys that care about each other, uh, that play for each other, uh, that are stronger together. And uh, they went out and showed that tonight. I think with everything that Auburn threw at us, you never saw the guys uh, waver with that. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's a, a strength of our team. No question about that. I mean, there's no doubt. There were maybe times in the first half where they seemed frustrated. I know Brooks Hall alluded to that. Uh, during the broadcast, and you may have seen some signs of that when you were watching uh, the SEC Network. By the way, I need to get your take on that one because mm-hmm. you had a few nice choice words to say, but we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. But, but back to this, back to this identity. There is no doubt that is one of the big strengths. You talk with anyone who covers this team, whether it be Larry Hanskin, whether it be John Bedell, David Jablonski, uh, Sports Director Mike Hartsup, Bucky Bockhorn, Nancy Wilson. Just, Nancy Wilson, Josh Pastorino, uh, Brooks, we could go on and on. Yeah, the, the team chemistry and the identity of this team is just so much better from a year mm-hmm. ago. And again, that they stayed together. This game could have gotten away from them, especially at the end of that of the first half when it was fifty-one thirty-two. To Dayton's credit, it did not happen. Yeah. Now there's some things they got to clean up, but that's the biggest thing from Coach Grant to take away is that that is something that you can build on. Now let's clean the other things up. And who knows, maybe even, we can get something. And even Coach mentioned, too, Larry kind of led him a little bit to say, like, hey, there were a couple times I felt like y'all were going to get run out of the gym. And it certainly felt like oh, yeah. that a lot. And I not not to, not to you know point fingers here, but I certainly think that there were other teams and other uh, coaching regimes where that would have happened. Oh, yeah. And But this team hasn't been able, hasn't done that. And once again, and I, I don't think we're you and I are trying to sit here and sugarcoat and, you know, you know pull the, you know, make it, no, make it seem like no, it's better no. than what it is. I mean, a loss is a loss. However, though, they they keep showing things that are that are, that are good. It's like they just they just need. There's just a few things they got to tweak gotta, throughout. They got to get over the hump. Yeah, and it's just about getting o- over the hump. It's exactly what it is, and just being able to find ways to to sustain runs differently. But that being said, their identity and what they've built themselves on this year, it, that's the kind of foundation that you got to find. And I mean, the thing is, is that uh, we talked. I talked about this with Nate Green. Is that they have. At least in my mind, out of the what the seven or eight players that they go deep, mm-hmm. they have four leaders that are at any given time on that on that floor, and they all bring four different styles of leadership. Right. I mean, you have Mike Sell, who does it really through leadership. You're through, not that's leadership, excuse me, just kind of through his actions and just kind of his play. And he's leads and he's by made a difference leads by team. doing. Crutcher's kind of the same way. He's the commander of the offense and everything like that. A lot of people feed off of that. You have your senior leadership from Cuttingham. Right. And then you have your vocal leader in Trey Landers. I mean, that is a great dynamic right there. When you have just on the surface those four guys who have bought into what's what's going on, they've bought into this team, they've bought into each other. 
when you have any combination of those four guys out on the court at any given time and when mm-hmm. you know some are off and everything like that, that's such a good foundation to have. And I think that that's obviously where we've seen Coach Grant and this team has started to rely on, you know, that kind of four solid core right there. Yeah. And what else they can get? I mean, they're getting a lot of production out of Obi. I mean, Obi was oh. had, had a pretty good had a pretty dang good game, uh, dang good game again. If, and I saw the a tweet on this here. He, he played hard tonight. He, he's going to start getting a lot more looks if he can even oh, yeah. if he can hit jumpers down a lot more because he's definitely proven um, around the basket. He's pretty dang near on. He's really good. <laughs> we'll just, I won't say near rebounds. unstoppable, but he's definitely pretty dang good around the rim. And then you talk about Jordan Davis. Looks like you know Jordan Davis is starting to have a had a good week this week. Um, overall, I mean, th- those two players right there, and we've even said Cohill has yeah. started to make some strides this week Over as the well. Game slowing down for him. It just seems it just seems like some of those supplementary pieces that they have to their core four are starting to help out a little bit more too. Now I'm going to bring in a quote from Major League from Lou Brown. Now that they need something to bring it all together. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a lot of basketball left to play, folks. So we're going to see what happens as this season goes goes along. There's a lot of things that are going to happen, and uh, look, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of good things to happen. Look, we're not again. We're not trying to sugarcoat it. A loss is a loss. But look, you know, even uh, at Blackburn Review, saying, "Hey, I'll take 72 points against Auburn." Yeah, absolutely. I'll this even... is a good defensive team, and you get 72 points against Auburn. I'll quote his next tweet as well. Dayton hasn't embarrassed itself this year either. I mean, there there were particularly two games in which you would say, "Oh, man, I'll tell you what, that that's some that's a tough ask." You know, Virginia yeah. on a neutral top four team mm-hmm. and a top eight team with uh, with Auburn at their place. Definitely two games where you thought that, okay, well if they get blown out of the gym, they get blown out of the gym. Whatever it happens, those teams are supposed to be better than them. Right. They've held their own each time, and 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 that all we can like we've been saying throughout the night. That is something that is only going to help this team down the road, and it has to. But at some point in time, though, particularly with Tulsa coming up next weekend, they got to start seeing those games become wins. They especially, do. That's the next especially step. against teams that are that are near that are near their competition level and slightly better than them. They need to start seeing those games become Ws. That's the next step. Learning to win is the hardest thing to do in sports. Look, it took Archie Miller's squad a while to learn how to win these kind of games, and it didn't happen overnight. It took them a couple. There is first two years. It wasn't pretty. It, mm-hmm. t- it really is first two and a half years. You really didn't see it till that run in February in 2014. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. All right. Am I saying that's going to happen with this team this year or next year? No. I'm just saying, let's see what happens. You get a couple of transfers next year. You know what? It's I, th- it's transfers. You got good recruits coming. I mean, you got th- good there's recruits. A lo- there's some. There. There's definitely the program's in a there, good spot right it now. Is. And especially when you look at just what is is going right now in terms of of Obi and Crutcher, I mean, just There's those two particularly. Uh, I mean, th- this program's a good. Now hands the next for a step, bit. get that signature win. To God, they need it. it. That's Start the next with Tulsa. Step. That's Start with it Tulsa. Starts with Tulsa, and we're gonna have that for you coming up Sunday, December sixteenth. Week off for finals. The team's got that. Our pregame coverage will begin around two thirty, and then. 3.30 in Connecticut, Dayton playing Tulsa. Tip off for that 3.30. John Bedell and I will have flyer feedback right after the game. Thanks to Michael Purvis for filling in. Great work by Javon and Ben tonight. I'm John Tisdale for Brooks Hall and Larry for Larry Hanskin at Brooks Hall. Reminding you once again, the final score, Auburn 82, Dayton 72. Thanks for listening to AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, your home for the Flyers. Have a good night, everyone. The home of the Flyers, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.